hello there, friends, and welcome to the Shellac Stack. My name is Brian Wright. I'll be your host this hour, playing 78 RPM records from my collection, an assortment of music from the first half of the 20th century. Looking ahead, I've got records by dance bands, big bands, jazz musicians, Hawaiian bands, vocalists, boogie-woogie pianists, and more. So I think we'll have a good time this hour. I'm ready to go. I hope you are as well. And we're going to start with a record by Johnny Johnson and his orchestra. Johnny Johnson was a pianist who, in the 1920s, rose to some prominence as leader of the house orchestra at the Hotel Pennsylvania. He was billed on record labels as Johnny Johnson and his Statler Pennsylvanians. By 1936, when he made this record in New York on March 26, 1936, he was leading the band resident at the Hotel Commodore in their famous Palm Room. The Hotel Commodore still stands on 42nd Street near Turtle Bay in Manhattan. It's now known as the Hyatt Grand Central, but it's slated for demolition probably in the next year or so. So the Hotel Commodore will be no more. But back in March of 1936, it was a real go-in place. Johnny Johnson was on the air almost every night over NBC or on stations like WJZ and WOR, and somehow he managed to find time to record this over for the ARC group of labels. Al Jennings is the vocalist. It's called Rhythm Saved the World. Thank you. 
if I can quote my late friend, the great tuba player Mike Walbridge, those cats are swing-free, doctor. (laughs) Yeah, it was a good band, a very good hotel band, but Johnny Johnson and his orchestra didn't swing in the way that Benny Goodman and other up-and-comers did in 1936. But I don't think that takes anything away from it. I really like it for what it is. I, I really do. Rhythm Save the World, recorded in New York, March 26, 1936. My copy of that on Melatone 6-06-04, which would indicate that it was released in June of 1936. By that point, the American Record Corporation group of labels had a numbering scheme that identified the release year and date. The first digit, that 6, indicates... Um, 1936, and then the second two digits, 06, would indicate June, the sixth month of the year, and then 04 indicates the fourth release in the popular series in June. So 6-06-04 would be the fourth release in the popular series in June of 1936. How's that for some extra trivia that you didn't ask for right at the start of this program? (laughs) My name is Brian Wright. If you're just joining us, welcome. I'm having a good time here, and I'm just playing 78 RPM records, and I'm so happy to have you along for the ride. We've got some pretty good things in the hour ahead. And speaking of swing bands and Benny Goodman, that's who we'll hear next. I've got a record queued up by Benny Goodman and his sextet with Peggy Lee, and boy does this swing in its own kind of way. From December 24th, 1941, a really good song by Dorothy Fields and Jimmy McHugh, On the Sunny Side of the Street, it's Columbia 38219. We'll follow that with Bud Powell and his trio from July of 1950, An old song, well, by then it was already an old song, more than 20 years old, it's T for Two. And then wrapping up the set, we'll hear from Frankie Trombauer and his orchestra with René Faure, the pianist, on February 23rd, 1940, a tune by Joe Sullivan called The Little Rock Getaway. But to start us off, Benny Goodman with Peggy Lee on the sunny side of the street. Not afraid. 
With a pretty big tip of the hat to pianist Bob Zerke, that was pianist René Faure with Frankie Trombauer and his orchestra, a recording made in New York on February 23, 1940, the Joe Sullivan composition Little Rock Getaway. That was Varsity 8236. We preceded that with the Bud Powell Trio on July 1, 1950, T42. That was Mercury 11069. And starting the set on Christmas Eve 1941, we heard from Benny Goodman and his sextet with Peggy Lee on the sunny side of the street, a gently swinging performance that really brings out the bittersweet qualities of that melody and really elevates it to a just a beautiful performance. I really, really like that record. Well, I have some family who will soon be traveling to Hawaii, and alas, I will not be going with them, but it did put me in the mind for some Hawaiian records so I can at least uh, get a subtle taste of what they'll be enjoying very soon. And we're going to begin this next set on June 20th, 1927, a recording made in New York for the Banner label by the South Sea Islanders. I don't know who was in this group, but it seems a pretty safe bet that Frank Ferreira may have been among them. This is something called Back to Hawaii and Me. It's Banner 2162. Of course, Hawaiian music had been all the rage in the mid to late 19-teens. Uh, you find Hawaiian records from that period just all the time. They, they turn up <laughs> everywhere. By the mid-20s, the Hawaiian music fad had faded somewhat, but there were still a handful of Hawaiian records making it out, and including this one, which is pretty decent. After that, we'll head to 1949, and a record that I like so much and I'm surprised that I haven't played it before here on the shellac stack, but my records indicate that I have not previously played this. It's a song by Johnny Noble called I Want to Learn to Speak Hawaiian, and the singer is Napua Stevens. This was issued on the Bell label, LKS 356. My understanding is that these were recorded in Hawaii and marketed primarily to tourists from the American mainland who would buy these records and take them back home. And they seem to turn up with pretty regular frequency, so they must have done pretty well with their little Hawaiian record operation. And we'll wrap up the set with a group modeling itself on the Mills Brothers, a group called the Jones Boys Sing Band. They didn't make many records, uh, very few, in fact. And this one is on the little Recordings Incorporated label with a typewritten label. It wasn't even mass-produced. Somebody just sat at a typewriter and cranked these out. From 1937, the Jones Boys Sing Band give us Sleepy Time in Hawaii, a song by Leon Rene and Otis Rene. But starting the set, the South Sea Islanders with Back to Hawaii and Me. <laughs> Breeze through the trees. 
seems to bring to me Memories that ever cling to me So come back, come back across the blue sea Back to Hawaii and me Vicky, Vicky, 
they taught me on the beach at Waikiki. Avilakahau, meaning whoopee. I'm learning them fast, you can see. So after all, what does it matter if I should stutter on a word or two? I want to learn to speak Hawaiian, cause I'm Pupuli simply wild over you. Pupuli simply wild over you. It's Just Voices and Guitar, the Jones Boys Sing Band in about 1937, Sleepy Time in Hawaii. And if that sounds a little rough, it's because the record's in rather rough condition, but it's 
one of those discs that doesn't turn up every day. If you have a nice clean copy of that and you want it off your hands, <laughs> send me an email. I'd be glad to take it for you. Uh, before that, Napua Stevens and a song that I just, I really like from 1949, I Want to Learn to Speak Hawaiian probably my favorite performance of that. And starting the set in 1927, the South Sea Islanders back to Hawaii and me. How about some boogie-woogie piano now? We'll turn to Mead Lux Lewis, something he recorded in about 1944 for Moses Ash's Ash label, spelled A-S-C-H. This is Randini's Boogie. from the driving piano of Mead Lux Lewis, let's turn to a couple of peppy dance bands on the Dime Store banner label of the late 1920s. First, from June of 1927, we'll hear the Majestic Dance Orchestra, a pseudonym masking, well, I don't know exactly who, probably Adrian Schubert, but the tune is called When I Tumble Into My Humble Inn. And if the title is unfamiliar to you, it's probably because it was probably not recorded anywhere else. This was composed by Walter C. Ness, one of those house composers at the Plaza Music Company in the late 1920s, so probably this was its only recorded outing, but it's a pleasant enough tune. After that, Ernie Golden and his orchestra from June of 1928 with vocalist Irving Kaufman will hear That's My Weakness Now, a pretty popular tune of that year. So a couple of dance bands, starting with the Majestic Dance Orchestra. Thank you. 
yes. And we're heading for Parsons' door, I guess. <laughs> she likes the family. I never liked the family, but she likes the family. And that's my weakness now. Well, now, <laughs> those last couple measures really tell quite a story, don't they? A little bit of Chopin's funeral march, a little baby cry. That's my weakness now. Ernie Golden and his orchestra from June of 1928, banner 7160. The vocalist was Irving Kaufman, who is credited on the label under one of his most often used pseudonyms, George Beaver. <laughs> I have to wonder who came up with that name and why did they use that so often? I mean, some pseudonyms kind of make sense, Charles Dixon or whatever, but where did George Beaver come from and why did they like it so much? Before that, the Majestic Dance Orchestra in June of 1927, When I Tumble In to My Humble Inn, I-N-N, Walter C. Ness, the composer of that record. Well, before we continue, a quick tip of the hat to the Shellacstack Patreon sponsors who help to keep these programs coming to you. And today, I'd like to say a special thanks to Bill Shute, Malcolm Billingsley, and Neil Siegel. These are folks who have been very generous over at the Shellacstack Patreon, helping me meet the cost of preparing and presenting these programs to you. If you'd like to join them, the address is patreon.com slash shellacstack, patreon.com slash shellacstack. And choose an an amount that is comfortable for you. And whatever you send this way helps directly to making these programs possible. So my thanks in advance and my thanks again to Bill, Malcolm, and Neil. And everyone else who has given at patreon.com slash shellacstack. Okay, up next, I know some people listening to this program like to put it on in the background and just enjoy the music. And to them, I apologize. This next record is not a musical selection. It's rather a promotional record for Boulevard Watches. It's called Selling Watches on TV This Summer and Fall. (laughs) Yeah, really uh, riveting stuff here. Going to have you on the edge of your seat. But I think it's a neat little slice of marketing of the 1950s. We've got an announcer named Norman Gladney speaking directly to Boulevard dealers and encouraging them to take some TV um, advertisements this summer and how that will work with the main Boulevard watch offices. It's on the WOR Mutual label, a single-sided record, 81526, obviously not intended for commercial mass consumption, just something they sent out to dealers, but like I said, a neat little slice of 1950s Americana. Take a listen. Hello, this is Norman Gladney speaking for Boulevard, and I'm here to tell you about a new promotion that I think many of you have been looking for. Now, we felt you'd want to promote watch business during the summer months, and why not? People are going on vacations, they're going away for weeks or weekends to the beach or the mountains or some country place, and they'll be out of doors, swimming, golfing, traveling, and many will need a good waterproof and shock-resistant watch that can take strenuous vacation activities. Now, the reason for buying a watch is there, and the market for watches is there, but how to get people to buy? Well, we think that Bulova has the answer for you, and very simply, it's this. We've come up with a promotion featuring the entire Bulova waterproof shock-resistant line. A promotion that urges your customers to come in and trade the old, out-of-style watch for a smart, new waterproof Bulova. The only watch that's certified waterproof by the famous United States Testing Company. And you've got a real selling point there. Here's the way it works. We've put together 
a series of nine powerful demonstration films that you can run on television. And each film sells one or more Bulova waterproof watches, and each film is produced to appear as your commercial. Now that's important. Your store identification at the beginning and end makes certain that the television audience knows who is doing the advertising. It's you, and there'll be no mistake about it. Now to give you an idea of some of the film, well, you can look at the storyboard, but one, I was there when they were shooting it, shows a 200-mile water ski run. Another features a highlight game in Florida with tremendous dramatic action showing product punishment. We really went all out to make these film commercials the greatest ever produced for television for any product. Now, in addition to the free film, you'll receive free ad mats and a free display so you can tie your television advertising right to your store. Now, the check with the letter wasn't really a gag. We here at Bulova have put well over $50,000 into the production of these commercials, and they're yours exclusively in your market for June, July, August, through September 15th. And these commercials are yours free. There's no obligation on your part, except, and we think this is only fair, that you give us your promise to run them in your local television market during June, July, and August, and that you tell us now approximately what your television schedule will be. Now remember, we promise you also that these films are given you on an exclusive basis for the summer months. What you have, no one else in your trading area will have. They're yours and yours alone to run on television. Now naturally, we've had to make this offer on a first-come, first-served basis. So take a look at the attached storyboards. I think they'll give you a very good idea of what each film is about. Then please get in touch with us at Bulova using the attached form and return envelope. And I'll see to it personally that you get your film within a very few days. And I think you'll really be set to do some Honest to John telecasting and promoting of watch business this summer. Now you'll be offering trade-in. You'll be offering Bulova waterproofs, the best advertised and best known watches of them all at prices your customers can really afford to pay. Now this is a real summer doldrum promotion. I think you'll do a lot of business on the strength of it. So we're looking forward to getting your letter this week. I want to thank you for listening, and if you're not clear on any point I've made, why, please play the record again. Well, thank you, Norman, but I think one playthrough of the record is sufficient for now. <laughs> Norman Gladney, speaking directly to Bulova watch dealers on the promotional campaign of the summer and fall of, well, I don't know exactly which year, but probably early 1950s. Now back to some music with the radio gal of the 1920s, Vaughn DeLeith and an electric Edison record that she made on July 27, 1928. It's Edison Diamond Disc 52374. The tune is called Is It Gonna Be Long Till You Belong to Me? Written in part by George Whiting and Ruby Cowan. After that, Seeger Ellis, another popular crooner of the late 20s and very early 30s, from March of 1930, gives us I Never Dreamt You'd Fall in Love With Me. It's OK 41424. And finishing this set... We'll hear the magnificent dance band of Isham Jones and his orchestra, Victor 24395, from August of 1933. Eddie Stone will sing an early Johnny Mercer song called Down a Long, Long Road. Starting us off, here's Von Lee. <laughs> If you're humming one too It seems when I want guessing You keep me guessing it's all wrong 
can't you hear the bluebirds calling to you? Each little star belongs to the sky, each little tear belongs to a cry. It's gonna belong to you, belong to me. Each little leaf belongs to a tree, and each honey sip belongs to a bee. It's gonna belong to you, belong to me. Birdies mating and they build a nest, they know best. Birdies never do go wrong, everyone but you and me. Seem to be happy there where they belong. Each drop of rain belongs to the dew. I've got a heart belonging to you. It's gonna belong till you belong to me. Like bubbles away, away, my little dear When I take you and fondly make you my own And then, dear, I'll not worry If you just hurry and say, dear I am yours and you are mine alone Each little yes belongs to a no And each little heel belongs to a toe It's gonna belong to you, belong to me Oh, each little eye belongs to a brow, and each little calf belongs to a cow. It's gonna be long till you belong to me. Birdies make men, they build a nest. They know best. Birdies never do go wrong. Everyone but you and me seem to be happy, 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 dear, where they belong. Each little trout belongs in a brook. Old Mother Goose belongs in a book. It's gonna be long till you belong to me. But you and me seem to be happy, 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 happy all day long. Each little trout belongs in the brook, and old mother goose belongs in a book. It's gonna be long till you belong to me. No, not long. Romances, not as our romances, but the sort that don't last long. I long to find you, and now that I found you, I feel life is one sweet song. I built my hopes on mountains high. There was no ceiling to my sky, but I never dreamt you'd fall in love with me. I dreamt my dream ships all came home, all safe and sound across the foam, but I never dreamt you'd fall in love with me. 
that I dreamed that love could ever be so nice. Little did I dream that love was no fool's paradise. I dreamt I lived where rich men strolled, and all the streets were paved with gold. But I never dreamt you'd fall in love with me.
recorded in Victor's church studio in Camden, New Jersey in late August of 1933, Isham Jones and his orchestra down a long, long road. We have time for one more record on today's shellac stack, and it comes to us from the Barney Begard Sextet. It was recorded in New York on January 5th, 1945, and features in the band Joe Thomas playing trumpet, a different Joe Thomas playing tenor sax, and side note, a bit of extra trivia here, both of them were born in the mid-summer of 1909. They worked side-by-side side in New York in the mid-40s, and both of them died in the mid-1980s. Also in the band, Barney Begard playing clarinet, Art Tatum on piano, Stan Levy on drums, and Billy Taylor playing bass. This is on the tiny black-and-white label, record number 14. The song is one that I first heard sung by, of all people, Willie Nelson on a record he made in, I guess, the 80s or 90s. The tune is, Please Don't Talk About Me When I'm Gone. Here's the Barney Begard Sextet. the title of that record may be Please Don't Talk About Me When I'm Gone, but 
I invite you to talk about me and the shellac stack when I'm gone in a few minutes here. <laughs> Provided you say good things, of course. But really, tell your family and friends about our little program if it's something you think they might enjoy. And I hope you'll come back next time when we'll do it again. I want to thank you so much for tuning in and joining me this past hour. And until next time, this is Brian Wright saying take care. Bye-bye.